Welcome to The Great Indoors, a podcast where we look at the technological implications brought about by the next industrial revolution and how this can potentially help solve the biggest problems facing humanity. I'm your host, Matthew Roberts, and joining me as ever is my co-pilot and producer, Larissa Yi. Now, it's been two years uh, since the start of the pandemic, and despite what appears to be improvements in the overall COVID-19 situation, the United States and, and North America as a whole is witnessing another pandemic. Now, if we turn back time almost two years ago in episode six of season one of The Great Indoors with Dr. Victoria No, we discussed her research, which included a stark warning about the impact of these stressful events on long-term physical and mental health. In that episode, we warned that Americans and pretty much everybody around the world faced a second pandemic, one that would persist even after the physical threat of the virus had been addressed. Now, a recent Harris poll indicates that this is coming to fruition. Survey responses reveal that physical health may be declining due to an inability to cope in healthy ways with the stresses of the pandemic. Many reported they have gained or lost an undesired amount of weight, are drinking more alcohol to cope with stress, and are not getting their desired amount of sleep. This is particularly true of parents, essential workers, young people, and, and people of color. These reported health impacts signal many adults may be having difficulties managing stress, including grief and trauma, and are likely to lead to significant long-term individual and societal consequences. Though it's not all doom and gloom, not all is lost. And during the pandemic, people harnessed technology and tried new ways of embracing mental and physical health exercises. Meditation apps and Digital fitness classes boomed during the pandemic and meditation apps such as Calm, which I've spoken about many times on this show, and Headspace saw a 20-fold increase in users eager to calm their anxiety. So today's big question is, can technology make America healthy? My guest today to dig deeper into this is the one and only Beth Shaw. Beth is the author of four best-selling books on health and wellness. A pioneer in the wellness, yoga, and fitness space in North America, Beth is the CEO and founder of Yoga Fit Training School. That's the global mind-body education school, Yoga Fit. Now, in her latest book, Healing Trauma with Yoga and Mind-Body Techniques, Beth provides tools and techniques drawn from her work as a recovery and health coach. She offers a deep understanding of the physiological, psychological, and emotional changes brought on by trauma and depression. Now, I first heard Beth as she is the host of radio show Make America Healthy, which airs every Wednesday on Voice America at 5 p.m. Eastern. So I'd like to welcome to the great indoors today, Beth Shaw. So I'm really excited to announce our, our guest for today, uh, Beth Shaw. Beth, welcome to The Great Indoors. Thank you so much for having me. Excellent. And, and where are you enjoying The Great Indoors 
from today. Well, I am enjoying the great indoors and outdoors in the lovely state of Florida. I'm in South Florida. Nice. Very nice. Now, this is a a, a new question we ask our guests. Uh, If you could have an entrance music or some intro music to start this podcast with, what would it be? It would be this. And it's a song by the four non-blogs called What's Up? Ah. What's going on? <laughs> there you go. We got it. That's perfect. That's perfect. Well done. That's excellent. That's a, a great start to it. Just for our listeners, tell us a, a little bit about yourself, Beth. I gave you a, an introduction. Tell us a little bit about your work, what you're working on right now, and how you got to be doing what, what you're doing right now. Well, I'm the founder and CEO of Yoga Fit Training Systems Worldwide, and we're the largest yoga mind body school in the world. Also the author of four books, including Yoga Lean, and my most recent book called Healing Trauma with Yoga. I got my start when I was six years old, and I taught myself how to do meditation and guided imagery because I suffered from horrible migraine headaches, and no one in my household was very invested in fixing them. So I fixed them myself by teaching myself mind-body tools. I've been working out since age 15 in health clubs, fortunately fell in love with fitness at an early age. So it's become a lifestyle. And in the mid late nineties started yoga fit because I saw a need in the marketplace for safe, effective yoga to be taught. And also for more people to learn how to take control of their own physical and mental health using yoga and other mind-body tools. Excellent. Now, one of the things we've talked about over the last two years on this podcast, and one of the things that the pandemic has thrown up is uh, the separate pandemic, the the mental um, health pandemic that came up all over the world, well, largely because of the lockdown and largely because of the fear of of COVID. It's fair to say, Beth, that you focus on both the, the mental aspects and the physical aspects of health, right? It's it's this combination. Is that a new phenomenon? You know, fitness for me was always about physical running or aerobic exercise, but you bring those two things together. So w- when did you come to that realization that they were connected? Well, you know, in ancient civilizations, they didn't see a separation between the body and the mind. Unfortunately, in our especially Western civilization, we see the two as separate when in actuality, there is there is no separation. If you're not taking care of your body, you're going to suffer mental health issues in some way, shape or form. Uh, if you're not taking care of your mind, you can put your body into uh, reckless and harmful situations or just abuse it. So we really, we, we need to treat the body and mind as, as the whole that it is. Mm-hmm. There's two different ways of doing those things. So like I said, traditionally, when it's come to training the body, I, I, again, it was a pandemic thing. I started meditation for the first time ever. Oh, good for you. Yeah, just two years ago, it came to me through an application, or a, an app called Calm. I'll go through you know, a meditation once a day, and I see the benefits uh, enormously. Uh, and, and that combined with running, the combination of, of those two different activities uh, was was beneficial to me. Is there, and I know you do yoga fits, 
I'm going to admit it straight. I'm a complete novice to yoga, so I, I'm really, and I know Larissa is much more advanced than me. But is it fair to say yoga can bring those two things together, the mental and the physical stimulation and exercise? Most definitely, yoga does bring the mental and the physical together. In fact, yoga, the asana practice, was originally designed to ready the body for meditation. By practicing the different postures, you would get yourself to a state where you could sit comfortably for long periods of time and stay focused. Much like if you don't give a child exercise and you expect that child to sit all day long in the classroom, mm -hmm. it's very difficult. So, you know, our bodies were made to move. And yet we need to find stillness to connect with spirit, to connect with ourselves. I like to look at meditation as taking the trash out. You know, if you don't take the trash out on a regular basis, things pile up. So that when, when we meditate, we actually, it's a reset. We clear the mind, even if you don't think you're clearing the mind, just by engaging in the process, you get positive results. It's a mm. muscle that just needs to get stronger. Yeah. Is it something that is has come i wouldn't say in fashion because that's discrediting it are more people practicing meditation from what you can see as a result of the pandemic oh most definitely uh look during the pandemic people had to reach into their tool basket and use whatever they had at their disposal uh even those of us who had all the tools were still suffering uh, I myself was locked up in an apartment in New York City for the first three months of the pandemic until I decided to get in my car and drive to Florida. And, you know, you're faced with yourself and you recognize the your thought pattern if you have that consciousness. And you realize that not all your thought processes and patterns are serving you. So with the practice of meditation and mindfulness and witness consciousness, we get a chance to see the neural pathways that keep getting ground deeper and deeper as we engage in the same thought process that may or may not be beneficial to ourselves emotionally, physically, mentally, or spiritually. So meditation gives us a nice reset with all of that. Uh, we, we run a, a meditation course at Yoga Fit, actually several of them. And, and you know, especially during 2020, we, we couldn't run enough courses. So I would say yes. Fortunately, yoga, meditation, mind-body has all gained in popularity in the past few years. Yes. Let's talk about your latest book, because this is fascinating, Beth. Healing Trauma with Yoga. Go from surviving to thriving with mind-body techniques. Just give us an overview or an abstract, you will, of, uh, of this latest book. Uh, well, this book fortunately came out two months before the pandemic, so the timing could not have been better. And Healing Trauma with Yoga really first talks about what is trauma. There's an assessment test in there. It's only a nine-question test, so you can ascertain for yourself how much child, childhood trauma you have or adult trauma. You know, most people have had some type of childhood trauma. And so from there, we go on to talk about how trauma affects the brain and creates all types of triggers and responses. And, and we're in our reptilian brain. We're in fight or flight a lot more of the time, especially if we've had trauma. And then uh, our prefrontal cortex, our executive function is not working as well, so we're not making good decisions. And so the book, uh, you know, we talk about the problems and then we talk about the solution, which is how yoga and other mind-body tools, meditation, breathing exercises, sound healing, Ayurveda, uh, food choices, how that all goes into affecting uh, your trauma response 
your ability to handle stress, tension, anxiety, depression, PTSD, and leaves us at the end, you know, there's lots of yoga in the book also, obviously, but leaves us at the end. My favorite chapter is living your best life, chapter 12. And I give like 22 things that people can employ every day just to feel better. And I think especially during these times, like everybody should be reading this book. And mm -hmm. there are things that people could do. They don't cost any money that can just make them feel better that day. And since, you know, a lot of us are, are kind of living one day at a time right now, it's very helpful and, and very insightful book that provides a lot of valuable resources and insightful tools. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm keen to dig into this a little bit more because I think it's fascinating. We've spoken about the mental health pandemic and, and the trauma people have gone through over the last two years. But I, I think I saw on your website that a lot of this came about through helping United States and Canadian veterans that have come back from traumatic uh, scenarios. Is that correct? That That is correct. We have a program called Yoga Fit Warriors. Mm -hmm. We started with our work with the armed forces um, really worldwide. We were doing trainings on military bases in Germany, obviously US and Canada. And we have certain yoga techniques that we teach people that takes trauma out of the body without them even having to talk about what that trauma is. We've been running the Yoga Fit Warriors program now for over 12 years with a lot of success. It was actually designed by one of our Yoga Fit master trainers who is a lieutenant military colonel. I'll tell you a story. I have a friend from childhood. We went to summer camp together and her brother was my first boyfriend. Mm -hmm. He passed away, I guess, about seven years ago uh, from a, a widowmaker heart attack. And she and her mother were left to raise his children because then his wife died of cancer a year later. Oh, my word. Yeah. And I, I reconnected with her when I moved back to New York City from Los Angeles. And she was also working for uh, Fox and some other news channels in the Middle East during a lot of the wars and had had a lot of trauma from what she saw. She was on a ton of medication. She was consuming a good bit of alcohol. And I took her to this Yoga Fit Warriors training. We all went down to Tuscaloosa, Alabama, where we, and we hold these trainings everywhere. It just happens that it was in a place that I've never been, Alabama. And we went there and she took the training. And after the training, she was able to cut her medication in half. So I have seen from people close to me, this Yoga Fit Warriors training works. And obviously we've seen with thousands of people that we've helped over the past uh, 12 years, that it's really helpful for anybody who is suffering mentally and sometimes physically you know there's a lot of chronic conditions chronic pain issues that are really rooted in the mind and mental pain so when we start healing the mind we really also start to heal the body mm -hmm. you, you mentioned that there's different types of trauma there's trauma that can come you know from ptsd and and um what military uh, personnel have to go to this childhood trauma how, how does it manifest itself how do people self-diagnosed that they're having an issue that can be addressed with yoga? First, uh, to diagnose, uh, again, it's called the ACE test, which stands for Adverse Childhood Experiences Test. Mm -hmm. it, and it's really rooted more in childhood trauma. You know, did you have divorced parents with someone in your house uh, being battered? Did you have parents that were on drugs or alcohol? Were they incarcerated? Did you suffer any childhood uh, sexual trauma? 
And then you can see on, you know, out of nine questions, how many you answered yes to, and then that the higher your score is on the ACE test, actually the higher propensity you have towards alcoholism, addiction, divorce, uh, chronic job changes, suicidal thoughts, uh, obesity. So we see that so much is really rooted in childhood trauma. And then we start to unravel uh, how to heal the body and how to heal the mind. Because, you know, trauma is running the lives of, and especially with addiction, mostly everyone who is addicted to something, they're just self-medicating to feel better because they're suffering from trauma and they don't know what else to do about it. And then the the chemicals or or the alcohol changes the brain and it's a downward spiral from there. That there is a higher trend in people recognizing trauma within themselves these days, right? I think people are more open, they're more able to to say, yeah, I'm suffering here, I need help. And the reason why I talk about this is we we did a an episode with um, you know, up here in Canada, there's a big mental health uh, initiative that's run by Bell, Bell Let's Talk. And one of the main things that that initiative tries to do is to alleviate the stigma around mental health. And it's okay to say you're not okay. But is that something you've seen over the years, Beth, people coming to the realization that they are facing this trauma and they do need to do something about it? Most definitely. I think the more people who are open about their mental health challenges and struggles, the more it becomes widely accepted and that it is okay. People need to start talking about it. I mean, quite frankly, the mental health implications of this whole pandemic are going to be 10 times worse than COVID ever was for anyone. People are traumatized. People have lost jobs. People have been isolated. People haven't been able to go to church, to worship, to dance, to gather, to go to the gym. Uh, Many people use the gym, myself included, as their part of their mental health routine. I mean, yeah, I work out for my muscles and my body and all of that, but really I work out because I don't feel good unless I've exercised that day. So for me, it's a very valuable spoke in that whole wheel of mental health. Mm -hmm. Let's take my situation, for example. I talked about, I started um, meditation two years ago. I've become much more cognizant of being healthy. I have four small children. And with me, the the, the desire to try and get healthy and, and, and be, was all the stresses in life, the stresses of of work, the, the stresses of what happened in the pandemic, the stresses of being a father, all of these different things. And I thought, let, let's see how, how, how we can make things better. Because I think with me, I always struggled with sleeping. I'd go to bed, things would be on my mind. I would wake up in the middle of the night thinking about them. Yeah. I, I, yeah. <laughs> I, I couldn't get things out of my brain. And then I would, um, the next day, feel tired, feel really yeah. tired, feel uh, apathetic. I didn't feel as sharp as I could be. And anyway, just for me, doing the meditation helped massively and, and keeping healthy. But the latest thing I did, which and we're now into two and a half months of this, was I completely stopped drinking alcohol. And I, I it wasn't like I was a huge drinker. I mean, I, I had my moments back in my day at university and, uh, and various things like this. But I, I literally cut alcohol completely out of, of, of my routine, which would typically be maybe one or two glasses of wine an evening and maybe some 
beer at the weekend watching sports or, or whatever. And I'm now two and a half months into this and I feel pretty good. I'm sleeping really well. And I never planned for it to go on this long. So give me your analysis, Beth, from, from a health perspective, mentally and physically, what effect this has probably had on me in the last two and a half months. Well, first, I would like to congratulate you because I think that's awesome that you did that. Thank you. I think that anytime we take away a substance that we think may not be the healthiest for us, uh, and I can relate to that because I gave up my antidepressants during the month of January, uh, which was also for me a dry January, which then came into February because I did a liver cleanse. You know, I, I think that you're just gaining more consciousness, you're meditating, you're more aware of your body, you're more aware of how alcohol slows us down and, and makes us tired and, and doesn't allow us to get as much deep sleep. So I, I think you're on the right track. I think that's great. Mm -hmm. And I do, I'm, I track my sleep through my, and I'm looking at my deep sleep. And I was really interested, uh, you do your radio show, Make America Healthy, right, Beth? And Yes. The, the episode, uh, I can't remember the name of the, the expert you had on. It was about making your brain healthy from uh, just a couple of weeks ago. Dr. Patrick Porter. That's correct, yeah. I thought that was a fascinating episode because he talked about the different brain waves, the state of the brain uh, from gamma through to beta through to delta, which is the deep sleep part, right, of the brain. Yes. And I was relating it back to I checked my stats Every morning, well, how was my sleep last night? And I checked my deep sleep versus my REM versus my light sleep patterns. Um, but I thought that was that was a fascinating episode um, of your show, Beth. Thank you. And, and I think, again, there's an inherent health aspect to good sleep. That's undeniable, right? That's not even something. Yeah, I, I can relate to it. I wear an aura ring. Mm-hmm. And it also tracks my deep sleep. And I'm obsessed with at least getting an hour of deep sleep a night. So I'll try different supplement, natural supplements to see if something gives me more sleep. I'll try lowering the air temperature a couple of degrees and see if that helps. I sleep with a weighted blanket sometimes. So, you know, what gets measured gets fixed. Mm -hmm. Technology, fortunately, has progressed to the point where we can measure so much of what's going on with us, we can, you know, know how many calories we need to intake every day so that we don't overdo it. We can measure our sleep. We can. I'm also obsessed with uh, walking at least five miles a day. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, a friend of mine who's a doctor, she's also a yoga fit master trainer. She said, "Oh, these are these devices are just more reasons to make you feel bad about yourself." But you know, you can say that, but you can also say these devices that we're using now can really help us achieve optimal health. Mm -hmm. yeah. I can't wait for the day that you can just like kind of do your own blood work, you know? Yeah. Let's switch gears into technology and how how this has helped because obviously you've been doing uh, yoga fit it, it's your thing and one of the things i noticed back in my in, in the united kingdom during the pandemic there was when everybody was at home there was this huge trend this huge phenomenon overnight of a a guy called the body coach i don't know if you're aware of him Beth. 
but he's a, an English guy. And all of a sudden, on Facebook every day, he would do virtual workouts, exercises for all the children, for all, and the whole country got into this phenomenon. Even over here in Canada, my wife subscribed to the service, and she went into a huge keep fit regime, which was all about nutrition and working out. But social media had encouraged this wave of people being conscious of their health and, and acting on it. Have you seen technology play a part in people participating in Yoga Fit and what you do, Beth, in your sessions? Have you been able to reach new audiences and engage them through technology and social media? Yeah, I mean, love most definitely. Pre-pandemic, we were running 15 conferences a year across North America that had an average of 250 people in them. And we were also running a thousand trainings live worldwide every year. So when all the lockdowns happened, we had to switch to an all virtual model, which we did within three weeks. And we were getting people from all over the world taking yoga fit trainings, you know, because we have them on different time zones. We do trainings in Australia. We do trainings in Europe. Uh, so it really opened up our reach and breadth, which was really beautiful. Um, I was also leading eight-week yoga lean transformation groups, and we had people from all over the world participating, uh, getting that sense of community and camaraderie as they they exercised and yoga together. Uh, technology uh, definitely for yoga fit has been very helpful. And also, we have many different trainings at Yoga Fit, like Yoga Fit's therapy program. And uh, we do bring in certain different devices for some of our trainings. You know, I personally use a lot of biohacking. I I'm, I'm love biohacking. I go to all the conferences. What is biohacking? Biohacking is anything that we can do to make ourselves younger uh, physically or chronologically. So we have our biological age and our chronological age. And if you're taking uh, good care of your body and you're eating well and you're exercising and you're meditating, practicing yoga, you can actually be a lot younger than your you know, birth certificate age says that you are. And also through technology, there are different biomarkers uh, for us to track that telomere length and the like. Wow. So, you know, technology is, is, is really helping us, you know, even though, and I just read an article today from Dr. Mercola who I'm a huge fan of, and that said that, you know, the U.S. death toll is, is, is rising like crazy. And we also know that obesity in North America is up to about 50% mm -hmm. of the population, which is very scary for a number of reasons. Um, you're going to have a lot of health conditions, comorbidities, uh, contraindications, diabetes, heart condition, all of that. But also, you know, obesity affects everyone in your surroundings. It affects your animals that need a walk. It affects your children, your ability to show up in life. So I would only hope that more people will embrace technology as a way to get healthier. And that's what my show on voiceamerica.com, mm -hmm. it's called Make America Healthy. It's all about how do we take the power back? to take control of our own health physically and mentally and what technology can we use? We've had people from BrainTap on, we've had the founder of HAP-B, which puts you into different brain states, including one, and I'm waiting to get my device, but including one that puts you 
in a state where you had a couple of cocktails without you having to have a couple of cocktails or <laughs> THC, you know, like, whatever your thing is. Yeah, yeah we, we're having on the show a lot of people from the tech world right now uh, describing their, their gadgets and how they can help us be healthier. Well, so I love the idea of biohacking. Right. I think that sounds that sounds great. And the, the next thing you said after that, and I think this was the device in your trailer for that episode. The brain tap. Yeah, yeah. which looks like a VR headset, right? Is that yes. right? Explain that, if you will, for your listeners, because I thought that was, because that provides sensory stimulation to the brain via lights and sound, right? To Yeah, it's it's sound therapy combined with light therapy that actually goes into your ears and into your eyes, but you close your eyes while you're doing it. And it can take you into different brain states. Now, according to Dr. Patrick Porter, a lot of people are deficient in the delta and the theta states, which are, are more relaxing. And then the ultimate spiritual uh, brainwave to be in is the gamma state. And so there's some gamma trainings on there as well. I use my brain tap probably four or five times a week. Sometimes I use it in place of meditation. Sometimes I'll use it with that theta or delta program just before I go to sleep. And I I have become addicted to it. I love it. Yeah, I did. Because I, the first thing we, we, we've been looking at the metaverse and virtual reality a lot. And I, the first time I saw the trailer for that episode, I saw it and I thought, oh, that's VR. But then realized it was this device called a brain tap that provided that. And it, and it sounded great. And going back to your earlier point, something that I think about a lot, you know, when we look at technology, being able to provide the sensors to monitor, obviously, our weight, our body mass, our blood pressure, uh, all those other KPIs that we we need to act on. I think the real, the capstone, the holy grail of what technology can do is, like you said, bring in your blood work, bring in extra sensors to bring in all those KPIs, but then proactively be able to suggest something to you when it knows that you're heading in the wrong direction or, you know, so effectively you are prescribed automatically, proactively every day or, or, or however often it changes the means to turn your health around or if you're doing something right. I always find that a, a fascinating proposal in the future. Yeah, it's truly amazing. I know my aura ring will tell me if my body temperature is too high, if I need to be in a rest day if my uh, heart rate variability was too low or too high the night before. So there's a lot of metrics that we can get right now. And, uh, you know, I have said for years that our health is our most valuable asset always. And I would only hope that during the pandemic, people realized, hey, if you weren't taking care of your health, chances are you're going to have some problems now. And if you were taking care of your health and boosting your immune system, good for you, because chances are you're going to stay healthy. I know that was my experience. I had COVID. I thought it was PMS. It wasn't, you know, for me, very big of a deal. I, I think it was worse when I got bit by a tick a few years ago. And I actually ended up in a hospital in Toronto, which is a scary story for another time. But, uh, wow. you know, it, it's really all about taking personal responsibility of your body and your mind because nobody else is going to do it for you. By the time you get to a doctor, chances are you're on the road to a place called maybe too late. Yeah. So we all need to empower ourselves with technology, with basic things like clean eating and exercise and yoga and meditation 
to, to take the best care of ourselves because it then becomes a ripple effect to everyone around you, your coworkers, your family. So, and, and you become a, a source of light and empowerment for others when you're shining your light brightly by taking yeah. care of your health. No, I couldn't agree more. And, and obviously this is one of the things that hopefully is, is, is more permanent than temporary as we come out of the pandemic, right? It's not just, some, you know, people have said for two years, oh, I need to do it. As things turn, go back to normal, then, you know, people fall back into to bad habits. This needs, it's, it needs to be, you know, continually at the top of mind of, of people as we move forward. Now, but with that in mind, and I, I spoke a little bit before about my journey to meditation, which was by accident, even though I, I, I get the benefit of it. I'm a complete novice in yoga. I'll admit it. I've never tried it. I've never even really looked at it, maybe as I should. And for many people listening, they have probably never tried meditation. On those two areas, what would be your advice? What would be the best place to start to get a taste of it? We've got a lot of free resources on yogafit.com. We have a resources page. We also have a bunch of free classes. Also, on my personal website, bethshaw.com, there are some videos and classes that people can take. YogaFit also has a YouTube channel with lots of classes on it. I would say to people, you know, start small, especially if you're if you're doing a lot of walking or running, cycling. You need to be doing at least 10 minutes of yoga to stretch out your hips, your hamstrings, your hip flexors, your low back after repetitive exercise, because this will prevent you from getting injuries and getting tighter and tighter and tighter as any repetitive sport will do for us. Again, meditation, like so many other things, is just about showing up and engaging in the process. It's just like those days that you don't want to go to the gym, but you force yourself to go and 20 minutes into it, you're feeling much better. And you're like, yeah, I could stay here for two hours. Mm-hmm. It, it comes down to a, a lot of self-discipline, which is something I think a lot about. And, and you know, can it be created in individuals? Do certain people have it? Do certain people not have it? How can we strengthen that willpower muscle? Uh, we focus a lot on that in some of our yoga fit trainings because they all build in self-growth modules to them so that you're growing yourself while you're growing your knowledge of whatever discipline you're learning. It, it's time for people to really just make the decision like you did probably with alcohol. You just make a decision one day and say, enough, mm-hmm. I'm changing. Things have to change. Mm-hmm. And here's, here's a, 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 an interesting thought, an interesting question. And we say here that, Age, you could do this at any part of your life. You could take up these techniques and the output will always be beneficial. But in this day and age that we live in where one of the other things we've explored extensively is the extra pressure and stress physically and mentally that the youth, that children have today. And one of the things my children uh, have done at school is meditation, right? And and that was unheard of in my days at school in, in the UK. Do you think, yoga, meditation, mindfulness should be something taken more seriously as part of the school curriculum? Oh, most definitely. I, I mean, I would love to see yoga and meditation taught to all youth because children need coping skills. Children need to move their bodies. Children need to learn how to be kinesthetic. If you're going to injure yourself, Oftentimes in life, you'll, the body will start to whisper before it starts to scream. The more body awareness we have, the better we are at sports and at life. 
So I think uh, kids very much benefit from yoga and meditation and, and physical fitness in general. And, and again, children need coping skills now yeah. and coping skills that they can employ from within. Yeah. And, and again, let's face it, they're spending too much time on screens, gaming, They've been forced inside over the last couple of years. This this is is the time. I say that as a, a father of four as well. Now, as we as we start to move towards the the end of our uh, discussion, Bab, uh, I've got some questions here that are just kind of interesting and 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 to get your put. What's your favorite place to practice yoga? Uh, right now, I would say my living room okay. <laughs> because that's where I've been teaching and practicing. Uh, a lot. I, I teach uh, several classes a week online through our yoga lean transformation groups and various virtual conferences. So and the beauty of yoga really is that no equipment necessary. You don't even really need a yoga mat, although it is helpful. So it becomes the perfect exercise for these times. No matter where you are, you can do yoga. I have done it in an airplane, you know, everywhere. Mm -hmm. You, of course, started, as you mentioned in the beginning, quite early on, on, on your journey to, to this. But who's your biggest source of inspiration as an individual, both in this field and, and, and just in life in general? Uh, my biggest source of inspiration is anyone who has the courage to speak out uh, for truth, for peace, for people getting along and people acting from a place of kindness Mm-hmm. Excellent. Now, as well, we talked about your radio show that, that's also a podcast, the Make America uh, Healthy podcast, uh, which is on Voice America Radio. You, you do it live on Voice America Radio at 5 p.m. Eastern on a Wednesday, right? Yeah, we go live on voiceamerica.com every Wednesday, but the shows also live on Voice America. So if yeah. people miss an episode, they can go back. There's some really good episodes. There's one with Dr. Edward Group from Global Healing Center on cleansing the body mm -hmm. and toxins. Yeah. Next week, we're having Dr. Pam Peake on to discuss the obesity crisis in North America. That will be an amazing show. She is a five-time best-selling New York Times author oh, wow. and scientist. Yeah. No, I've started listening to it. I think it's great. And I think for our listeners, it's, it's, it's really eye-opening and interesting. And apart from that, what's... What's next for you, Beth? What other projects do you have on the horizon right now? Uh, I'm working on a TV pilot uh, called Zentervention uh, about a total mind-body makeover for individuals. I'm also working on a book, uh, Yoga for Anti-Aging, which will be my fifth book. And I'm looking at doing another Yoga Lean cookbook because I, I cook most of my food and I'm always coming up with new healthy recipes and I never cook anything that takes more than 10 minutes. Okay. <laughs> well, that's good. Efficiency, efficiency. Yes. Gotta be efficient. Exactly. Exactly. Well, look, so we're going to go into our new regular part of the podcast. It's called TGI to go Beth. Okay. Now I'm going to ask you 15 multiple choice questions, uh, but you only have two choices. And basically all you have to do is give me your preference on the two things I mentioned, okay? Okay. Uh, we'll get a good insight into you in, in, in rapid pace style questioning, as it were. Perfect. So if you're sitting comfortably, we'll do TGI to go. TGI to go. So question one, cats or dogs? Dogs. Oh, there you go. 
Fall or autumn? Autumn. Yeah. Singing or dancing? Dancing. Ah, okay, here we go. Yoga question. Utkatansa in parentheses chair pose or bakasana in parentheses crow pose? Chair pose. Oh, okay. And why would that be? It really works the glutes. Yeah. I, I do a lot of chair poses in my classes. All right. Savasana in parentheses resting pose or andana balasana happy baby pose. Uh, Shavasana. Yeah. Did I pronounce those correctly? Correct enough. It's okay. No one expects <laughs> you to know Sanskrit. <laughs> uh, Batman or Spider-Man? Oh, uh, Spider-Man. Okay. My son agrees with you on that one. Uh, Thailand or Indonesia? Thailand. Uh, have you been to Thailand? Yes. Yeah. I'm going actually back to present at the Asia Fit Conference at the end of September, and I can't oh. wait to go back. Nice. This one might be a tricky one. Ice cream or chocolate? Ice cream. Okay. Cycling or running? Cycling. Uh, Verizon T-Mobile or AT&T? Well, I'm with AT&T, but I, I, yeah, let's just leave it there. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, Aaron Brockovich said exactly the same thing. Okay, yeah, I'm glad so we're on the same page. <laughs> we'll have to let our folks at AT&T know about that. Um, next question, London or Paris? London. Netflix or HBO Max? Netflix. Soccer or baseball? Uh, baseball. Los Angeles or New York? New York. I'm a New Yorker, born and raised. Yeah. And I lived in LA for over 20 years. I would say five stars New York. Excellent. Excellent. And when are you going back? Because obviously you're in Florida right now. Well, I live in Florida now thanks to the pandemic. I, yeah. I, I'm one of those, uh, I'm just another statistic that fled New York. Oh, and the final one for TGI to go, Indian food or Italian food? Oh, that's a hard one, but I'm going to go with Italian food, even though we take people to India every year, and I do love Indian food. Well, and then you've just said, my wife said to me before, Indian food or Italian food? And I said, well, actually, well, I'll let you know later on. So we're going to go Italian based on that answer. Okay. Thank you very much, Beth. Well, listen, I want to say thank you very, very much. I've really enjoyed our conversation today, Me too. Beth. Thank you for joining. I encourage uh, I know our listeners to check out your radio show, your podcasts, your website, uh, and your book. We'll put all of it in the show notes so people can check that out. Any closing comments you'd like to, or, or thoughts to ponder for our guests to take away with? Thoughts to ponder. Remember that your health is your most valuable asset, so make sure that every day you're taking care of it. You can find me on Instagram at Beth Shaw Health. And it's really been a fun show today. Thank you so much. What an amazing episode. You know, we take our health and, and particularly these days, our mental health for granted. And you know, in reality, these are the greatest assets we'll ever own. And despite this ever advancing, ever developing, ever technologically advanced world, the health crisis surprisingly continues to grow, particularly amongst the young. Now, a big thanks to Beth. And you know what? I'm going to try out Yoga Fit courtesy of Beth, so thank you. They have a studio here in Toronto, so stay tuned. 
Please subscribe to our podcast on all the usual podcast channels. Leave a review or rating if you feel so inclined. It certainly helps us. Check out two other Amdocs podcasts that are brilliant and available now. The Future of Tech with Avishai Charlene and Points of View with our Chief Marketing Officer, Gil Rosen. Visit our website, amdocs.com forward slash The Great Indoors. And we'll be back in two weeks for another edition of The Great Indoors. I'm Matt Roberts for Amdocs in Toronto. Have a great day wherever you are.